the last 10 years, what's changed the most is the democratization of technology. Democratization of technologies in the old days, going to my accountant, I'd have a shoebox full of receipts, I'd have bank link or whatever, and yes, the, the checkbook stubs. Now I can run a business, a corporation, a multinational from a mobile phone. G'day everyone, I'm David Boyer, the founder and managing director of SQL CFO and your host of the CA Catalyst podcast. This episode is focused on tech transformation. And at the start, you had Alan Fitzgerald explain how tech transformation is pretty simply everyone getting access to high level technology that previously only the big firms got to play with. In this episode, we're going to learn about the foundational changes that have led to what an automated firm can do before hearing from Trent Innes from Zero and Carolyn Wright from MYOB about what their companies are doing to enable the tech transformation in your business. In this episode, ATO Commissioner Chris Jordan will give what I think is the most compelling reason for why you should adopt the technology changes. But let's continue with the man who started this show, Alan Fitzgerald. Talking about the democratization of technology, you'll find often that the clients now are more technologically advanced than the accounting firm, whereas in previous years, the accounting firms were often more technologically advanced than the clients. So the relationship has changed. To understand what we're transforming to, though, there's some foundation knowledge that we need. The major change, the reason you can run a multinational company on your phone is because of the cloud. So I asked Daniel Johns, head of services at ASI Partners, to explain what the cloud is. The cloud is comprised of numerous servers or computers and data centers, similar to what you may use internally for document storage or other applications. The cloud services uses power and flexibility to replace your need for maintaining on-premise applications. Some examples include project management software, customer relationship management, email and document signing. So the transformation of how we can deliver IT services means that you're now able to consume IT's utility, similar to turning on the power switch. The service is available and ready to be consumed as much or as little as you need. This eliminates your four to five yearly capital expenditure on infrastructure and provides cash flow stability as you turn your IT into operational expense. Okay, got it. What happens on it? Well, in theory, everything, but for our listeners using MYB or Xero or Handysoft, any other tax products, you now have a choice. You no longer have to use the same product for everything if you don't want to. Alan explains. Solution 6 and or MYOB and APS and Sage Handysoft, they created suites with a central database and all of the other applications, so your corporate compliance, accounts, tax, practice management, and other areas hung off that central database. And that is still a rock-solid way of running a business because all roads lead to Rome. However, when you design a suite like that, and particularly in this competitive marketplace and the small marketplace, you've got the difference between price, functionality, and service levels. So you could have the best tax product in a suite, and nobody would buy the suite because they could buy the tax product from someone else. Mm. You could have the best accounts package thing in there, but nobody would buy it because you'd have to buy it as part of a suite. And I like the other components in Handysoft, but I don't want to buy, say, a report writer from within uh, MYOB. And so people were reluctant to break up the suite, which is understandable because it all roads, you know, they all spoke to one another. What Cloud has done and did and has done and continues to do is it basically says pick a central GL system, let's just use a GL system as an example, 
and then you buy the add-on app that you think is going to suit your business or your circumstances the best. And then you just connect that app into your GL system. Now, that might come from the UK. It might come from America. It might come from Australia. But basically, it's like this is the app that you've determined is going to be the one that is suitable for you. And so all of these app vendors that are out there, the Zero ecosystem, it's about 700. There's so much confusion out there because they have 10 or 15 things that do fundamentally the same, but there's little differences between each one of them. And so it's working out which one is the one that suits your business. But the thing is, you've got choice, whereas previously you didn't. Amy Holdsworth is an impressive woman. She's helped over 100 firms implement their tech transformation. And while she agrees with Alan, she comes with a warning about the perils of missing out on the real tech transformation opportunity. In all honesty, in our experience, firms aren't spending enough time doing their due diligence. The firms aren't spending enough time trialling and testing a particular application, for example, understanding how it will impact their workflows, understanding how it will impact their team members. They're also not necessarily identifying potential new ways of engaging with their clients or running their business operationally. A new software piece automatically will require new processes and procedures. You can't square peg round hole it essentially. So if you're trying to put in a new piece of cloud-based practice management software, for example, you need to think differently. You need to be considerate of the fact that this will do different things. It will work differently. Okay, that's what the experts say. But now let's hear from the tech players, starting with Trent Innes, General Manager of Xero. Oh, it's been an amazing journey. It was launched in New Zealand in 2006 and uh, first came to Australia in 2008. Oh, it's the first time you know, we actually had a customer here. I think we had people on the ground from 2009, but it's really gone from strength to strength. And uh, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. And if you look sort of back at uh, from a time perspective, it was almost perfect time. It was a perfect storm. You know, in 2007, you had the iPhone come out. It's just hard to believe we didn't have iPhones before 2007. Uh, and at that point in time, I think they launched with 50 apps or something about that sort of nature. And there's now over 2.1 million of them. And that was about the same time that cloud really started to take off as well. So, you know, our founder, Rod Drury, uh, saw that opportunity in the market and, and went for it. What was the, you speak about the perfect storm, what were the elements of that? Well, I think the perfect storm was the rise of mobility. So the iPhone really took, you know, the power of mobility into the hands of, of, of everyone. And so they started to become an app for everything. And of course, you had cloud computing. So historically before that, you know, most small businesses and, and accounting practices and firms were very much tied to their desktop uh, and they had to make big investments in technology. There was massive barriers in place for them as well, whereas the cloud completely changed the economics of the way you could actually deliver software. Back then, the way an accounting firm managed its practice really was you had a suite and the suite had everything in it. Zero preaches a very different way of working and it seems to be quite successful. Yeah, it seems to be going really, really well so far. And uh, yeah, I think what you're sort of talking about there is what I call the monolithic applications. And that was predominantly because they were server-based and they were closed. So you had to build everything yourself. And so what ended up happening is they do a couple of things really well and then many, many things very poorly. And you know, even back at that point in time, if you think about what relationships accounts predominantly had with their clients, it was a billing relationship. So the practice management solution was predominantly there to capture time in six-minute lots and to send out a bill. And what's it do now? Well, I think that you still have to do that, of course. But I think now if you look at the way we look at it, the only things that are very unique to an accounting practice really is compliance being your taxation piece and probably work papers. Everything outside of that, you'd actually use in any normal business. And you know, I, I would argue strongly that 
if accounting practices are fundamentally small businesses most of the time, 97% of them employ less than 20 people. The way that accounting practices work now has been changed a lot by digital tax and digital compliance regimes. And then it's been a challenge for you as an innovator to, to work with government to be able to, to plug in and enable that. What do your customers say to you about how they use their products and the benefits that they're getting from a new digital approach to managing, as you'd say, to managing their businesses? Well, I think um, they just want it to work. And so our job from a design perspective is to make it as beautiful and simple as possible and actually take that complexity away from them. If you look historically at especially small businesses, they're actually surrounded by friction in their world. So they had friction between, you know, their accounting software and banks, they had friction between their accounting software and government, and all of that actually caused them to have to spend time doing stuff that they actually dislike doing. And even the job to go and speak to their accountant or bookkeeper, they had to, you know, get in their car, grab their disc, hopefully it was the right version that the accountant had as well, head down to the accountant's suburban practice, hand across the disc, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Whereas the cloud completely changed all of that. And the cloud was really the first step in what I would call, you know, digitisation. And now we're seeing massive acceleration of digitisation. One of the key features of that's the concept of the single ledger. Can you explain that a little bit? I love the single ledger. I mean, it's at its heart, if you actually look at what Zero really, really is, I mean, it, it is an accounting product, absolutely. But at the heart, it's really a collaboration platform. So the whole premise of it, and, was just, and the cloud really enabled this, was have a shared set of data with you in control of your data, could choose to share it with your accountant or your bookkeeper, you could choose to share it with your bank if you wanted to do that, put you in control, but you had that one shared source of truth that you could actually share. And on top of that, you had a whole layer of APIs or basically you know, ways of connecting other applications into that, which means we didn't have to do everything ourselves because small businesses by their nature are so diverse, um, we couldn't build everything for all of them. So it allowed us to actually build on top of that through a whole ecosystem. But in reality, the move to a technology solution is scary for a lot of accountants, but a lot of people clearly have done it and moved across to zero practice management and as a predominant tool for their clients. How do you deal around the fear that a lot of people might have about this? It's kind of still a really new thing for a lot of high street accountants. So I would actually challenge you on that. I actually think it's less scary in this generation of technology than the previous one. So if you go back to server-based and desktop software, you had to be an IT expert. You had to be an expert on everything. You had to make all the hardware work. You had to install the software. You had to install the patches. You had to do all that yourself. And so you had to be a true, you had to be almost a technology expert. And that was quite scary. Whereas you look now, it's fundamentally a service. You just flick it on any device and it just works. So it's moved from very much, uh, you know, something that you had to install yourself to just providing a service. If for anything, it's actually less scary. You, uh, moving tact a little bit recently, you put out a tweet saying it's time that Australia had a technology minister. I did say that. Where does that come from? Where do you see the technology landscape in Australia? So a couple of things. I mean, one of the things I'm really passionate about is that we've proven that you can build a global tech company from this part of the world. And unfortunately, there is not enough of those companies being being created at this point in time. And I think we need to, as a community and in conjunction with government, really help facilitate more of those. I mean, I, I want amazingly cool jobs for my kids. You know, not just my kids, your kids, everyone's kids. And if you look globally, I just feel that we are running a bit behind. That's one part of it. The other part of it as well is actually we know the more and more we digitise the economy, the more time we give back to businesses to actually get on doing stuff that they actually love doing and help them be far more productive. And so I think it's kind of a two-pronged attack. You released some data recently showing that where there's access to fast internet, there's incredible tech adoption and increased business profitability. It was a fantastic report as part of Zero Small Business Insights. It was. Does that conflict with the adoption that accountants have in accounting technology? 
Well, it's a good question. I haven't probably really thought about it from an accounting industry perspective, but we could probably actually have a bit of a look at that at some stage and see see if there is a correlation. But what that report was really all about was, you know, what we did is we took some um, aggregated anonymous data from Zero, and we actually looked at that in comparison to some data from the NBN and actually looked at Zero customers in mature NBN regions compared to Zero customers in non-mature NBN regions to see if there was a difference, and there and there was. So ones that had access to faster internet were actually growing their revenues faster and were actually employing more people. A bit of a, a general question now about being a customer of Zero, And I think this is a general question for anyone trying to get involved with technology. I've got a way of working right now. What's my journey look like? In terms of your journey from a small business or an accounting perspective? Accounting perspective. From an accounting perspective, and the biggest one is managing the change aspect. So it's actually you know, going through and understanding what it is that you are you're going to change. And so you need to understand your current state. Yeah, so I think the first thing is understanding your current state, sort of working out what your end goal is and then work out the progress to get there. And of course, look, we help lots of accountants make that journey. But what I would say is, and I said this earlier, it's actually not as scary as people think it's going to be. If anything, they'll actually they'll gain a whole lot of benefits that they would not have thought they were going to gain. So just the ability to actually collaborate in real time with their clients. They're not stuck in the suburban moat anymore. They can actually gain clients from anywhere not just in Australia, but around the world. And we're seeing that trend play out. We're actually seeing, you know, lots and lots of accountants in Australia now looking after overseas customers. I've been based in Melbourne. The, my furthest customer was based in Broome, actually. Wow. How did, they find, how did they find you? Um, referrals, actually. Just referral networks Great. that came through. Um, so have you, have you ever met them in real life? Not once. Yeah. And how long have you been looking after them for? No, we did a big turnaround project for them. It was a consulting work that we did for so them. So we've, tur- we've turned the interview around. But it's actually, I'm, just, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated <laughs> that it it's completely true. changes. It's, 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 it's your ability to service is amazing because of access to data, which means you can have conversations from anywhere. The Talk about change management a little bit because I think that the ability to change manage is probably the biggest inhibitor from people going on the journey. I don't think that accountants in general are trained on how to do it. And even if you have a very small pool of staff, you still need to lead your firm through change. So I want to know what are trends, three big tips for change management for firms on a digital journey? I think the first thing is that you have to have a champion inside your business. So if it's not you yourself, then if you've got some staff members, depending if you're a sole practitioner or if you're a sole practitioner, it's slightly different, but having someone who actually understands the cloud space, I think is really super important and someone can actually help you drive you through that. I think getting some external help is great. So look, we can definitely help people, but I think you you don't have to do everything yourself. And I think the other one, and the one I think about quite a lot now is you you can fear it, but you can't ignore it. And if you actually look at what's happening right now, we're going very much from a, what I quite often term as a, a nice to have to a have to have. The reality is the economy is digitising. You know, if you look at the Australian tax office as an example, you know, the amount of APIs they've got open now, you know, things like single touch payroll, where there'll be no, there will actually be no way to actually physically lodge a form anymore through a you know, physical paper form. So you have to be on a digital system of record. So you can fear it, but you can't ignore it. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, leave it? No, look, I always like having, always have, like having a great chat to you. I think, uh, you know, I think the, the key message for me would just be that you know, don't leave it to the last minute. We are seeing digitisation growing rapidly at the moment, so don't leave it to the last minute. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure. In this episode, we've heard about the journey from the way things used to be done to the cloud, thanks to Alan Fitzgerald. Amy Holdsworth from Clarity Street has told us what happens when it actually comes to implementing cloud accounting solutions inside accounting firms. And we've even heard from Trent Innes, the man responsible for rolling out Zero in Australia right now. But he's still not convinced? 
Why don't we find out what the Commissioner for Taxation, Chris Jordan, thinks? You have to have the ability to provide the services in a mobile fashion. Mm-hmm. That's why these old key type things that you can only use on the machine that it was registered with, a lot of the old equipment and IT system were based on the premise that you went into an office, you sat at a desk with a desktop computer in front of you, and that's where you did your work. Yes. Well, that age is gone. There's a huge amount of flexibility required. I get some young agents, or not so young, but there's uh, some people that lived up on the northern beaches and said, look, I love surfing. That's my passion in life. I happen to be a tax agent as well. So I will only take on clients that are very much tech savvy and are computerised and digital systems so that when the surf's good, I'm out there. But I could be working at nights, mornings, uh, any time of the day, 24-7, on my clients, looking into their systems, getting onto your systems, lodging, querying, answering correspondence. And he said, I don't even have an office. I don't need one. It's word of mouth. I don't have to go into the city. And he said, I actually really enjoy my work because of the, of the flexibility that it gives me. We are now in the unbelievable offices of MYOB in Cremorne in Melbourne. These are new, they're very swanky offices. The look and feel of this place is a tech company, which is amazing because MYOB is one of the older pieces of technology that's been in the accounting landscape. I'm joined here with a very responsible person who's got a big task ahead of yourself. Introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi everyone, great to be here. My name's Caroline Wright and I'm the Head of Product for Partners, so I'm responsible for our suite of accounting practice software. Uh, That's a huge role, especially given the size of MYOB. This company is forced uh, to innovate time and time again, and of course with the great innovators back in 2000 when GST came in, and everyone remembers the MYOB ads on the back of buses, the bus advertising was around, well I do at least, maybe that's saying more about me than (laughs) the people actually listening to this. I was there. (laughs) Good. How much do you think MYOB has changed over the last 10 years? Well, I've only been here for about three years, but even in this short period of time, I've seen a huge amount of change. So one of the big things is that we've gone from being that software out of a box to being a really innovative cloud provider, as you can see from our offices. (laughs) We've grown dramatically as well. Again, you can see by the size of this building. Over the last couple of years, we've invested more than 50 million in uh, R&D to get our online software accelerated. So we're really excited about all of that. And look, the other thing is we're really adapting to the new ways that bookkeepers and accountants want to work. So it's a good segue into the next question. What do your customers want? How do they want to work? Whenever I speak to a customer, the word I hear is efficiency. Efficiency, efficiency and more efficiency, please. Um, Because as you know, accountants are very time poor. Their margins are decreasing. They bill on professional services hours. So for them, time is money. They need software that really helps them increase that efficiency in their workflows. The only other thing I would say is that accountants are really looking for someone to partner with them in the change that's going through the industry at the moment. So not only just disruption but also regulatory change because that pace is huge so someone that can keep up with all of that but also provide them the tools that they need to deal with the disruption so new tools like advisory that sort of thing. At the start of this episode listeners heard from a gent by the name of Alan Fitzgerald who used to work with back in the day. I did. And Alan told us about the difference between a move from a suite of products to an app stack. What's your view on the difference between the two? 
Yeah, so it's those two different approaches in terms of the way that you build and bring software to market. So in my view, an app stack is that sort of loose integration, best of breed type approach where you cobble a number of different solutions together and integrate them. The other view, obviously, which is more of our view, is a a tightly integrated suite. And we believe that that's really the way that you can get maximum efficiency. And it's really good for customers as well, because they don't have to deal with a whole lot of different third parties. So you sort of reduce that complexity. And the other thing is, from a user experience perspective, a suite tends to be something that's purpose built, and everything is very intuitive and easy to use. I've been to the Myob events over the last few years. I think last year you had your first national event here in Melbourne that uh, Simon Dennis invited me down to, which was very kind of him. And I could feel the passion that your customers have for, for this big purple beast that they've been using for a very long time. Technology has always been important, but why now is it so important for for those sort of people? Yeah, I think there's two aspects to that. I think um, technology for the practice is really important. Like there's a lot of different change going on in their industry at the moment. So I think McKinsey did a study recently that said by 2030, about eight to nine percent of the um, the workforce will be doing new jobs that they've never done before. Um, And similarly, Deloitte did a study as well where by 2025, about 75% of the workforce will be millennials. Now, these people are digital natives and they're people who expect great tech and expect to come to work for that. So if accountants want to attract and retain that talent, they're really going to have to up their game in terms of getting the latest tech. And I think my second point would be about the customers they use tech in their day-to-day life. So they're expecting that sort of experience when they interact with their advisor. Um, And so things like bringing a box of receipts to the accountant, that's not going to happen anymore. They want to be able to collaborate online where and when they are uh, and they need to be. So Choosing technology isn't an easy thing to do for a lot of us. And a lot of us are scared about making the wrong decision. It's a funny process to go through. Most accountants sit there and in the morning they're bombarded with sales and marketing emails from a range of different technology companies. And because we're so used to working the way that we're working, it's almost a bit challenging for us to say, right, what problems do I have? What efficiencies do I want? What processes um, do I want to fix? And then go to market to solve for that. Invariably, it's the other way around where something's shiny and new and we, we move to that and then try to what do you think um, – do you think that your clients, when they come to you, and you mentioned earlier about finding a partner to help, do you think they ask the right questions and what are the right questions to ask? Yeah, look, I think that depends on where you sit in terms of the adopter spectrum. We've got some clients who are really at the bleeding edge who are looking for the latest and greatest. They're very well informed about what they need from a technology solution. They understand their requirements really well. And they're not necessarily startups or young people. These are It varies. And then you've got your more established practices who, as you said, are really time poor. They haven't had time to think about this. They're struggling with their day job and they don't always ask the right questions. They don't understand their processes. But once they can see that technology can really help them, they get on board straight away. And so we see that as our role to help educate them in terms of understanding their own needs and, and how technology can help. It's a bit of a question without notice. I hope that's okay. I don't, I've done this a few times, this old question without notice. You say interesting things, I get curious. What's the worst technology experience you've ever seen with an accountant? 
We speak to our customers all the time. So when we were building our compliance story, we went out to see quite a few practices in Sydney. And the worst thing was we were talking to them about practice management and say, how do you manage your workflow? And they took us to a table where they had piles of paper and they said, we just look at which pile has the biggest uh, set of paper and that's how we know where we need to focus our attention. I unfortunately think that's common because <laughs> I've heard that and I've seen it. And a friend of mine as well um, who uh, works for BGL, Ron Lesh, is on this series as well. I think his father still works a little bit like that as well. I think my dad might do that a bit as well in his public practice. Yeah, it was a scary experience. <laughs> um, but that's interesting because there's two things happen there. The customer has a different experience to working with that accountant and the accountant has a different experience on how they manage their firm. So is, is technology about the customer experience or is it about practice management? Well, as you know, um, MYB is very much thinking about the connected practice. So we see the connected practice as a vision for the future of the accounting industry. And we don't see that there's a difference. Like the connected practice means that it's a continuum where the firm starts and where the customer begins. That will just get closer and closer as time moves on. So if I was an accountant trying to solve for my firm... What if, actually, here's a better question. What if I'm actually not that customer-centric? I think you've got bigger problems. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, is there any final message you'd like to give to the listeners out there? Oh, look, I think um, in terms of the industry, there's so much change going on, but I think it's something to be excited about, not worried about, and certainly the technology, which is an enabler, not, not something to be scared of. Well, that's it for this episode on tech transformation. To round off the show, though, Let's revisit some tips from our experts about things that you can do now to get ahead of the tech transformation in your business. Go to your discussion group. Go to the forums. For example, you know, your Facebook group, the CA Catalyst group um, forum on LinkedIn, for example, and just listen to how excited and, you know, what other firms are actually doing and how much they love working in the environment they're actually working in today with the cloud-based technology. So making a business case for the cloud is easy given it's capable of increasing mobility, scalability and cost efficiency. In fact, plenty of businesses have already realised these benefits. And early studies predict that 78% of small businesses will adopt a cloud by 2020. But while deciding whether to move to the cloud or not is a no-brainer, the migration process is not. Getting a professional technology partner to advise you on how you should approach it and some of the things you should consider in this process is, is essential. Uh, look, this is probably the best era to be an accountant. It has never been easier to set up an accounting firm. It's never been easier to get access to information. You don't have to look at you know, the old books on the wall, you know, the, the Great Wall of CCH or you know, the Master Tax Guide. You know, they're still there, of course, but you can get access from your fingertips. And some applications, if you're not sure, they'll, you click on the link and it'll take you straight there. 